Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode. It's Dave Mormon, Home Service Business Coach, and I'm coming at you with a live episode today because I want to discuss, and I haven't made a whole lot of content on this, I want to discuss really what makes a successful entrepreneur and not so much specifically like the traits of a successful entrepreneur, but more a few things uh, to do with what it's going to take to be successful in entrepreneurship. You guys have heard me talk before about, you know, being resilient uh, and having to dig your heels in at certain times uh, of, you know, different business cycles uh, that you're going through, uh, which I'm sure you can all relate to uh, listening right here. But kind of the, the thing I wanted to camp on today is talk about uh, consistency. And in addition to that, also talk about making wise decisions uh, in your business. And so, you know, just to share openly with you, the, the members I've been working with now over the past couple of years that are seeing consistent success, and I'm not just talking like, oh, I had a, you know, $50,000 a month, and then, you know, my revenues dropped off to, you know, less than 10K. I'm talking about like, consistent level of success um, because I think what you'll see in in a lot of marketing um, is you know oh we had you know a great month but then you know we don't hear from that person uh, you know 60 90 120 days later so it's very important I think that you view your business not just in having like a successful week or successful month quarter or even successful year but you look at it more holistically. And this is something I try to bring as much teaching and training to uh, as possible because I wanna have the members that I work with equipped with a long-term view of business because that's really what I think it, it's gonna take to be successful because if you just view success in an individual, you know, isolated time period, I think you it's pretty easy to get pretty down on yourself and be like, oh man, we're having like, you know, a tough week or a tough month or tough quarter or whatever the case may be. I think if you can actually like stretch out that time horizon, um, it brings you a lot more peace and it causes you to not like turn, you know, the, the molehills into mountains, right? Sometimes we think like if you went back, you know, do this exercise, if you went back, you know, two, three years in your entrepreneurial journey, those of you been in business more than a season or two, and you actually see what were the things that actually like really stressed you out and pushed your buttons right back in the day when you were just getting started? And it'll probably like bring a smile to your face now because I know it does for me. Um, I actually keep a, a journal in a, you know, a form of a diary uh, where I try to update it on a monthly basis just for like kind of my journey in entrepreneurship. And I've had that going for a little while now. And, you know, I look back even like two summers ago and seeing like some of the things I was dealing with, right? You get a client, I remember a client we had at Revive that one of our crews was cleaning and, you know, our, our bucket that holds the sludge from the gutter cleaning, 
um, you know, fell down the uh, one side of the roof and ended up, you know, punching a hole through this guy's uh, kind of glass, not glass awning, but it was like this cheap plastic awning. And, you know, we had just like a heck of a time trying to go find like a replacement piece for it. And like, I hired my buddy to try like get it matched. And of course this client was like work in uh, auto detailing. So like you can appreciate the level of uh, exact match he was looking for. And like, I was driving around trying to get like this stupid thing matched up. And like, just looking back now, like two years post, I'm just like, man, why did I not just go and like, look at, you know, a full blown replacement? Like the thing was probably worth I don't know, like 1200 bucks or something at the time, which in today's dollars as our economy is for is probably like a lot more, but you just kind of look back and you're just like, man, what was I kind of thinking to go and invest, you know, 10 hours of my like highest level time when I could have been like reinvesting those hours. And so I think there's like no mistakes, I think in life and business, there's just learning. And it's like, I learned a lesson and I think we ended up like, comping the guy's bill almost completely and you know he wasn't happy with the match and and I I can't even remember like the full resolution we came to seems like so long ago even though it was just two seasons ago but I think if you look at any successful entrepreneur anyone you look up to and you're like oh they they seem like they've you know achieved the level of success in entrepreneurship I think it's you you can basically plot out a timeline and just see a, a series of like literally thousands of like wise decisions. And um, some people I work with, right, it's a hard thing to try coach someone on if they have a track record of just like unwise decision making. And like, you know, a few maybe unwise decisions would be, um, you know, just off the top of my head here, maybe like buying like an absolute brand new spanking vehicle if it's like not needed right maybe like sinking the cash flow in your business maybe you know sometimes um, people I work with they have to make some key hires and um, you know there's been some you know questionable track records before of potential people they want to bring on to like a key role and I'm just like man I'm hearing enough data that I like if I was running the business I would personally not make that hire because I don't think it's like a super wise decision and sometimes you know, they'll make the hire anyways, which is fine because I'm coaching the business. I'm not running the business. And it turns out, you know, 60 days later, hey, like you were right. That was like a terrible hire. And I don't really care who's right or who's wrong. I just want to have like the wisest decision made in uh, someone's business. And so I think when you look at companies that have grown or achieved any level of success, typically there'll be a series of wise decisions. And so I want to encourage you today, I know this is a shorter podcast episode, but I want to encourage you today, like what um, decisions are you making in your business today that are wise and that are thought out and that will lead to a better tomorrow or a better next week or a better next month, right? If you go, let's say you're looking for, let's say you're on the truck today, right? And you're doing $140,000 in revenue this year and you want to scale up to that 250 mark. And you're like, okay, I've put ads up. I can't find anybody. What's going on? Well, a series of wise decisions would be start at the root and be like, what are you actually offering here? In addition to paying above the industry average, what else are you offering here with this opportunity? How could someone make this a career? Um, is this a year-round opportunity? I think in seasonal markets, it's tricky to find rock stars for short-term seasonal hire. Not impossible. I've done it enough years. 
Um, but what we found is when we stretched it out to year-round employment, we can attract um, career-minded people who are career-oriented and want to stick with us for the long haul. So um, that's just like a little aside. But I really think you got to start at the root and be like, why would someone want to work for me or work with me, should I say? And then also figuring out what kind of an employer are you, right? If you, like, I've got friends in this industry who like literally run a turnover model in their business and they, you know, rehire at the start of every February and March. Well, my goodness, is that exhausting, right? I would way rather figure out how can I get scrappy with my team through our slower winter months? Maybe we got, you know, we got into Christmas lights. Some people get into snow removal. Some get into janitorial cleaning, whatever it is. I would way rather lose sleep trying to keep my team busy through the off season than have to deal with bringing on 10, 12, 15, 20 new staff at the start of every season. That like operational business model used to fly, you know, five, 10 years ago. I think now what's shifting though, is you've got to find career oriented people and you got to keep them going year round. So again, if you're running a turnover model, people aren't sticking with you longer than six months or a year. Like if you're a good employer, I think you'll have steady staff stick with you two, three, four, five years, and then they'll maybe move up in your company or they'll move on and do something else. But you should be able to have the ability to bump into that person at a bar or a restaurant or a sports game and like shake their hand, give them a fist bump, give them a hug, whatever your style is, and actually like it not be super awkward. Like that person didn't pay me my last paycheck or this and that. Like you should you know, I, a book I read, uh, author I read a fair bit of is uh, Henry Cloud. He's a psychologist, talks a lot about relationships. He talks about, it's like your life is like a speedboat in the ocean and you're leaving a wake behind you, right? And like those of you who've been boating before, you leave this wake behind you in a boat. And he's like, your life is like a boat and you're leaving this wake behind you. And what's happening in that wake is people are either like you're leaving people better off or you're actually like burning bridges left, right, and center, and you're like scared to bump into your employees, right? Oh, what are they gonna say about me? What do they think about me? And so just to keep that in mind, like when you look at someone further ahead than you, there's gonna be a series of wise decisions. And I think in business, a lot of wise decisions fall in a couple different categories. The first one is wise decisions financially, um, not sinking the boat on things that we don't need. I think we're misinformed when we start our businesses, right? I got into my painting business by the third year, I was making pretty good money. I went out and bought like, like a pretty, I don't know, a year or two old, I think it was two years old. I bought a Ford Ranger because I thought in my mind, uh, I'm a painting contractor and I need to have a truck because everyone at the paint store had a truck. And I thought it's just this culture. Well, if Dave's gonna sell painting jobs, he needs to get a truck. I did that for one year. Then uh, I started driving a lot more and, you know, I thought fuel prices were high at the time, uh, what I could tell myself now. Uh, and then I switched to uh, drive a little Honda Civic, right? And that year I drove the Honda Civic. We actually doubled the size of our business, uh, brought in more crews, a production manager, uh, doubled the amount of, of income that I made off the business. And I did it all from a Honda Civic. And what did that Honda Civic force me to do? I had no uh, capacity to move paint or ladders or gear where when I had a truck, like the crew could leave at four o'clock or whatever, cause Dave's coming in, he'll grab the ladders and the paint and the tools. It's like, no, now when I actually have a Honda Civic, all I can do is sell. So everything had to move on to the production manager and the crews. And it was like a forced way 
to have my crews be self-sufficient so much so by like the last year I had our crew leads actually doing the walk around with the homeowner again limited mindset I'm like no Dave needs to be there and close up the job have the touch the owner and I understand that but as you grow your business you need to start taking off these hats and growing other people within your company and that's a short story just to illustrate that you don't need like we get stuck in our own heads of what you need what we think we need to have success. Um, and I thought I needed that Ford Ranger. And you may be sitting this laughing, thinking you need a truck because you're a contractor. Like, go get a truck if you love a truck and want a truck. Uh, I'm not a truck guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just not, it doesn't do anything for me. So, uh, you know, I, I drive a car today. Just that's, uh, that's how I roll. So, you know, don't get in your own way by telling yourself things how it needs to be. Because at the end of the day, um, you want to just have a series of wise decisions. So if I was, you know, had the higher ego and stuck to my guns and didn't want to listen to anyone, I would still be driving that truck because I thought, oh, what everyone else is doing it, I have to do it. So, you know, financially, we can sink the ship with unwise decisions. I think bringing on, um, you know, bringing on people that are maybe not suited to the role, maybe reading too much into their experience, like, there are tons of people in our world that have a high level ex of experience in the, in the job you're offering, but are terrible core value matches, right? We call those mavericks, high skill, low commitment to the company. In 60 days, you'll be looking at their phone, at your phone, and they're on your caller ID, and you're like, why the heck did we bring this person on, right? The flip side, um, you'll journey with people maybe too long when you want to have a big staff, but really... It's just this hub and spoke model. We talked about this on our coaching call today. Um, it's this hub and spoke model of having the owner and just having eight people report to them and ask them for every single little thing and your people aren't actually making decisions. So in that sense, I'd say, don't have those people that are just like task rabbits on your team or gophers as we call them, right? You're like, hey, go do this, go do this, go to this, go to this. It's like, that's not the right way to scale a company. You need to hire when it hurts. And you need to bring people on when the tasks are starting to take too much of your time. So if your lead time right now is only one week right now with your crews and you want to hire somebody, I would first say, hey, we should first, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? I'm more of the mindset, go blow up the sales and marketing, build the pipeline, and then go bring the team in. Um, because I think uh, at, at its core level, most people in the home service space are stronger technically than they are um, in the sales and marketing side. So I think first figure out how to get your phone to blow up with work, how to sell a job, how to book a job. And then I think the less trouble for you listening is generally gonna be in the production of the job, but at scale, you're gonna run into some issues with production, right? Once you start moving from one to two to three to four crews, um, things start to complicate a little bit on the production side when you do need to get you know, a dedicated production manager into that role. So again, series of wise decisions, don't hire too soon and don't hire too early. Um, you know, when do you actually know when it's time? You start to hire when it hurts, right? When 80% of Bill's time is going to being on the truck servicing the customer, you need to bring someone on into that role to start to free up some of Bill's time. And it's just like, you're just in constant motion in a business floating between your different departments. But you should be able to look back month over month and be like, hey, 
uh, like if we're in July today, you should be able to look back at like April and May and be like, man, I was in the truck so much in those days. And now like I'm more in the office in July and come October, I hope to be more in a sales role, right? Once we bring someone into the office. So that's just how I would be looking at the business. So financially, I think one area you can sink the ship. I think in the, the people, the HR department is another way you can kind of sink the ship with unwise decisions. Um, not hiring for core value fits, hiring too late, hiring too soon. Uh, how do you know if you're hiring too late? Well, if you've been doing the same role for the last like two to three seasons, I think you've like missed the boat on hiring for that role. And you may say, Dave, I'm the best at this to do this and that and this and that. That's how companies don't scale is owners get stuck in a certain level of their business. They get comfortable. Um, they keep doing the same thing over and over. Um, that's a whole nother discussion. But, um, you know, I think that's where some accountability can come in and having like a coach who can actually call you out and be like, hey, Tim, you've been doing the same role now for two seasons. Like, when is anything going to change? Things are what they are and myself uh, included as well. Um, so that's uh, that's another key uh, distinction to make here uh, as well. So. The third area where, you know, you can kind of sink the ship with unwise decisions uh, is in addition to the financial department, in addition to the people um, department is. Um, that can be another huge one where we can kind of miss the boat. Um, I think most business owners don't approach their sales and marketing with enough like um, intensity uh, as they probably should. And so I think that's another one where we probably under, uh, we, we don't give enough resources to the marketing and sales department that we need to. I, I tend to see most owners will like overcapitalize the equipment operation side of the business and get, you know, the best of A, B, and C uh, and have a really nice shiny looking rig. But behind the scenes, they have a really nice shiny looking rig sitting in their driveway because um, they've undercapitalized uh, the time and the effort and the resources and the money that needs to go into sales and marketing. And I'm not saying, you know, go spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in marketing. But I think if you're new to the business and in startup mode, I think a wise decision would be like a, a 20 mile march by way of like, I'm going to do two hours of marketing every single day. I'm not going to go to bed until I've done that. Um, and I'm talking if you're not booked out for like three to four weeks lead time. Um, and I think that's where the bulk of the business owners sit on these Facebook groups and online during the day when you shouldn't be discussing different, you know, um, opinions in the, in the washing or the painting industry. You should be out actually marketing your services. Like I do think while I grew my businesses, like I wasn't on Facebook, like a whole lot. Like I just think there's not a whole lot to be gained from consuming information online. Um, there is some. I think you need to get what you need to hear and then you need to get out and go and implement. And so I think that's another wise decision is like, you know, hours measured online consuming would be like a key performance indicator. Like if that's above like seven hours per week, um, I think it's like a diminishing return where you should be out actually marketing. Um, so that would be another good one. I think another like wise decision is entrepreneurs uh, invest in themselves. Um, and to be transparent with everybody on this call, I just went um, completely deep on this 
uh, and I invested uh, a, a fairly hefty sum of money, uh, more than I charge any of my clients for sure, in into my own growth. And I'm working now one-to-one with a coach for the next 12 months to make a uh, home service business coach uh, more systematized, more stabilized, get clients better results and able to keep myself in my zone of genius. So we're changing up a few things, which is exciting. Uh, I brought on a few key team members to help me um, grow the brand and it's been uh, super exciting. So that's been kind of my uh, frontier the last uh, month or so and going to continue it for the next year um, working with a coach. But again, I think um, you can get a lot of learning if you don't have uh, additional money to invest in yourself. You should be investing some time into yourself. You're listening to this podcast right now. Fantastic. Uh, you should be reading books, right? Anything. Seth Godin. Mike McCallowitz, uh, Michael Gerber, uh, fantastic books, anything on leadership that John Wooden has written uh, or about John Wooden, right? Famous UCLA basketball coach, phenomenal. Um, And so I think you need to recognize the opportunity right now you have in business. You don't need to be learning about real estate or the economy or Bitcoin or crypto or stocks. Like I really think in your own business, your best investment is just yourself. And as we're talking about like making wise decisions, I think when I look back at my entrepreneurial journey, it's just one wise decision after the next. And trust me, they're not all wise. I've done, uh, you know, I've done uh, some education before that I've bought into. I'm like, man, this wasn't worth the value. Usually not the case. Um, I bought books before where I'm like 10 pages in and it's just already starting to repeat itself. I'm like, okay, not a ton of value here. Uh, I've made poor hiring decisions before. Um, you know, I haven't, uh, e- there's there's so many mistakes I've made in business. I haven't been the leader I need to be for my team at, at all times. And I think you need to recognize um, that. But I think ultimately, you know, I'm a big numbers guy. So I'd say if you can make wise decisions, you know, 70% of the time in your business, um, you're definitely going in the right direction. Like, I don't think anyone's going to make 95% maybe 80%, I don't know, tough to say, um, then I think you're you're going in the right direction and, and moving the needle on your business. So just want to make this podcast short, make it practical, and just know like there's not one key big decision you're going to make that's going to be like, wow, that is a silver bullet. The whole business is fixed. Like when you sign up to be an entrepreneur, literally all you're doing is you're taking an oath to sign up and show up every day and just say, I'm going to fix the next problem. And, you know, I've been doing this 14 years. There's not one week that I've been like, that's been a super easy week. There's been nothing to fix that week, right? You wake up on Monday and show up to work and just say, what's the next problem to fix? And it becomes this addicting, fun process where you just want to go into your business uh, every day and shine a flashlight and be like, how can I add value? How can I make it better? Uh, And that's just where it becomes a lot of fun. So I'd really encourage you, like stretch out the time horizon on this business, start thinking, what's my next key decision to make, and then get around someone or a group or some someone who's been there already ahead of you, someone you can bounce ideas off of, right? Do you think I should go invest in this $25,000 setup? Or should I go and, you know, just rent this thing uh, and kind of have a proof of concept and kind of to high level to wrap it up those of you kind of moonlighting like good on you because i think you're proving out the market before you go jump ship fully in this industry 
I think people see, oh, people are making such good money and cleaning or painting. I'm going to jump in full time. I always think you should prove the concept first, right? And I look up to uh, on the Shark Tank there, Damon John. He worked at Red Lobster, I think, for like six years while he started his clothing brand, FUBU, which is now a massive global brand, but like did it for, I think it was six years. Uh, and it's just like, man, that level of patience is incredible. And it's just a series of wise decisions. So if you have like a family or kids at home, like you need to be making X amount per month. There's more of a financial like blinking red light. Those of you who can keep another business or another job and kind of get this thing going on the side, I personally believe you're in an advantageous position because you can now start to make wise decisions because when there's money on the line, like you don't make the wisest decisions, right? They're the hardest people for me to coach are people who have like less than a thousand dollars in their bank account because they make decisions in kind of this scarce mindset and like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen tomorrow? Those that are sitting on 10, 20, 30 grand in the bank, it's like, we can now think strategically. We can make wise decisions now on where we're going to take this business. So um, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. I feel like I could keep going all day, but I just want to encourage you like today's uh, lesson takeaway from this, if you've listened this far, is like, just make the next wise decision in your business. There's no one magic bullet secret pill that's going to scale up this business. It's just hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of decisions. And you make decisions every day. And like the most important decision I think you can make as an entrepreneur is where you put your time and who you surround yourself with. So it may be time to look in the mirror and be like, who's in your circle and where's your time going each day? Because we all, you guys have heard it before a million times, we all have the same amount of time, um, but you want to be very, very calculated with your time. So um, we'll leave it there, everybody. Uh, make some wise decisions this week and um, uh, really appreciate uh, you listening. And uh, we had a couple uh, really nice reviews come in this week on the podcast. So if you've been listening for any number of time and you got, you know, four minutes before your next job starts or your next call or whatever, um, if you don't mind just favoriting this on Spotify or throwing me uh, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts would be fantastic. So really appreciate you guys listening along. Uh, take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.